My name is Sarah, and today's Bible reading comes from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Comfort, comfort my people, says our God. Friends, our God is a God of comfort, a God who cares and a God who is calm, a God who refreshes us and reassures us and a God who soothes us and a God who satisfies us. And it's so wonderful because we all need comfort. We all go through seasons of life where life is hard, life is difficult, and we need comfort. That's the season we're in right now with COVID. Uh, we are fearful, we are anxious, we are isolated, we're alone, and we need to know that comfort. Koi uh, Ten Boom says this, Comfort is nestling with God, not just wrestling with him. Comfort is nestling with God, not just wrestling with him. It's, it's okay to wrestle, it's good to wrestle. We saw that last week, the Psalms of Lament. But we must learn to nestle with God, to sit safely in his loving arms, to experience his calmness, to know that we're not alone. And Psalm 23 is the great psalm of comfort. It's perhaps the, the best-known psalm, the most well-loved psalm, and it's all about comfort. It's the psalm that you will go to time and time again. It's the psalm that you will take to your friend when they're in a time of need. And speaking very personally, this psalm has been a huge, huge comfort to me this week. It's been a really hard week. This was the psalm that I read at my dad's funeral 30 years ago. And some of you know that last Friday evening, my stepfather died quite suddenly in the UK. And this was the psalm that was read around his bedside as he died. And, you know, I long to be in the UK. I long to be with my mum and my family to grieve together. My heart is aching and God has not given me a plane ticket to London, but he has given me Psalm 23. And that psalm has ministered to my soul this week. And my prayer that it would minister to your soul today. So I want to begin today by just rereading Psalm 23, because I fear it's become very familiar. And as I reread it in a different version, will you just let the words of comfort wash over you? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in meadow grass and he leaves me beside the quiet streams. He gives me new strength. 
he helps me do what honours him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding and guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as your guest and blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness will be with me all of my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. I love the story of the, the young boy who was asked to memorize Psalm 23 by his Sunday school teacher. And he practiced all week the following Sunday, he stood up in church and he was so nervous and he stood up and said these words, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I need to know. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I need to know. And I believe that's what we need to know as a church right now. The Lord is our shepherd. It's how the psalm begins in verse one, the Lord, he is my shepherd. It's how it ends in verse six, I will dwell forever in the house of the Lord. So it starts with the Lord, it ends with the Lord, it's all about the Lord, the Lord who is a covenant-keeping, compassionate, caring, comforting God. He is our shepherd. And that image of the shepherd who leads and feeds, who tames and tenders, is right throughout the whole scripture. Uh, so Genesis 48, Jacob said, God has been the shepherd of my life. And the book of Exodus, when God brings his people out of slavery, out of hardships, into the green pastures of Canaan, he said, I am your shepherd. Or Ezekiel 34, I love this. This is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and I will look after them. And as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, I will look after my sheep. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. That's our shepherd. And friends, he's so good, and he's so loving. They're the two words used in verse 6. Look at it with me. Your goodness and your love will pursue me, will run after me all the days of my life. We have a shepherd who is good, who is loving, and he wants to comfort us. Now, you can spot a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd doesn't know his sheep. The bad shepherd doesn't care for his sheep. The bad shepherd lets his sheep uh, lie in, in dirty, muddy water and brown meadows. And he lets the, the gate open and the, the thieves will come in, the enemies will come and attack them. He just doesn't care. But our God is not a bad shepherd. He's a good shepherd who does care. It's Kate Arthur who says, snuggle in God's arms. When you're hurting, when you feel lonely or left out, let him cradle you, let him comfort you, let him reassure you with his love and his goodness. But that's our shepherd. He comforts, he carries, he helps, he heals, and he loves us. Let's go straight to Jesus today. See, Jesus takes these words from Psalm 23 and he applies them to himself. And in John chapter 10, he says, I, Jesus, am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd does what? He lays down his life for his sheep. He loves you enough to willingly and voluntarily give up himself and die on the cross for you because we, like sheep, have gone astray and we have done our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of 
us all. That's the truth of the gospel, that Jesus, your good shepherd, loves you enough to die for you. That's how much he cares for you. And so you read this psalm through the lens of Jesus, saying, Jesus is my personal shepherd. The most common word in this psalm is the word me or my. 16 times in six verses. It's so personal. It's like having a, a personal trainer or personal coach or a personal doctor or a personal teacher. Jesus is saying, let me be your personal shepherd. Let me care for you. Let me be your chief pastor. Because Jesus knows me. He knows you. In John 10, Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my sheep. It's almost like Jesus says to you, personally, I know you. I know your needs. I know your hurts. Now, I've got four boys and they're all quite different. And I want each of them to know that I know them and I value them as individuals. That's Jesus. Here's the real comfort. It's more about Jesus than it is about you. You know, when you see a, a paddock full of sheep, you don't say, oh, what a wonderful flock of sheep they are, how committed they are, because sheep don't do anything. Sheep just get led and get fed and get sheared. But what you say is, oh, what a wonderful shepherd they must have. The shepherd must be so committed to them. Same with us and Jesus. You know, we often ask, oh, are you a committed Christian? What a stupid question. I'd like to say, yes, I am a committed Christian, but you know what? Sometimes I wobble and sometimes I doubt and sometimes I question. There's highs and lows. It's not about how committed I am. It's about how committed my shepherd is to me because my Lord Jesus will hold on to me much more tightly than I would ever hold on to him. And I think this week Jesus has been saying to me, Paul, I've got you, and I love you, and I care for you. Let me comfort you. So three ways that Jesus is my comforter. Here's the first one. The comfort of God's provision. The comfort of God's provision. Now God provides everything we need for life. Not everything you want, but everything you need. That's verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, or literally, I shall not be in want. I've got everything I need for life and godliness. Now, what does Jesus give us? Verses 1 to 3, he gives us rest. He gives us refreshment. He, he gives us right paths. He gives us rest, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. It's a picture of satisfaction and contentment and rest. You see, sheep don't graze lying down. The sheep only lie down once they are fully satisfied and well fed. And Jesus is saying, let me feed you, let me nourish you. I will satisfy you. The same with the, the quiet waters, the luscious, refreshing, satisfying waters. That's a picture of rest. That, that beautiful verse where Jesus says, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. But friends, sometimes like stubborn sheep, we seek all the satisfaction in the, the fleeting things of this world, the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect body, and they never satisfy. And Jesus says, come to me. He provides rest, he provides 
refreshment for our soul, verse 3. He refreshes my soul because sometimes, you know, our souls are weary and weak and sometimes we are dry and depleted. And Jesus says, just come to me. Let me satisfy you. He's a shepherd who guides us on the right paths, verse 3. See that? He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake, for his glory, for his honour. As we live in this messed up world, he's saying, let me lead you like, like a Sherpa up the Mount Everest. Let me put you on the right path so you can have the best life with the best relationships, with the best contentment and the best character. Just trust me. And that's my shepherd. He wants to provide rest and refreshment and right paths for me and for you. Now, for me, he does that in a few ways, but he does that often through God's people, through his church. How oh, I love the church. I love that we get to do life together and in the hard times and in the pains we get to sit and cry and carry one of those burdens. And we get to mourn with those that mourn and, and rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's one of the real sadness and pains of COVID-19 that we don't get to do it physically right now. I long for that. He does it through God's people. He does it through God's word. You know, Psalm 19 verse 7, the law of the Lord refreshes my soul. As we sit with the word of God open, he just gives us a word in season that just brings joy to our soul. And I'm so thankful for people who have texted me Bible verses this week just to refresh my soul. He does it through God's people, through God's word, and through God's spirit. You know, the streams of living water living in us. God's spirit who equips and empowers and, and prods and prompts us in mundane and miraculous ways. That is our shepherd, the good shepherd who provides for us. He'll do that for you. Number two, the comfort of God's protection. The comfort of God's protection. God holds you, God has got you, and God will not let you go. There's a change in pronoun in verses four. It moves from he and me to you and I, because Jesus is saying, I will protect you in the deepest of valleys and the darkest of days. Now, church, you've got to know this. My job as a pastor is to prepare you for the dark days, to equip you for when the suffering does come. Because listen carefully, God does not promise you that hard times will not come. But he does promise you that he'll be with you, protecting you in and through those hard times. He does not say that trials won't come. He says, in the trials, trust me, I am with you and I'll protect you. I love this. God does not airlift his flock over the valleys to reach the higher ground. The only way to higher ground is through those fearful valleys. You've got to get your theology right because some preachers will say it's all victory and, and no trials. It's all success and no sadness. That is wrong. And some songs are plain wrong. You know, in his presence, my problems disappear. No, they don't. But you can guarantee that in the valley, God is with you, holding on to you and protecting you. Because in God's infinite wisdom, sometimes that good shepherd leads his precious sheep into the darkest of places. I love those words in verse 4, even though. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Even though I face sickness and sorrows and sadness. Even though I face 
depression and despair and disappointment and even death, even though I sit there with tears rolling down my cheeks saying, why God, even though I'm in the darkest of valley, I will not fear, says, says David. I will not be afraid. I love the fact that there's no floodgates, there's no floodlights in the valley, but the light that God gives us is his protection, is his presence, because the psalmist says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love that, that the rod is a short stick that was used by the shepherd to, to warn off the predators, to warn off the enemies. And Jesus does that for you, all those enemies that surround you, the people from outside, the people from inside, and the spiritual enemy of, of Satan who whispers, you know, God's not there, God doesn't care. You say, get behind me, Satan. But the, the, the rod was also used to, to discipline wayward sheep. And I need that and you need that. We need each other to, to confront us and correct us. We need the word of God to convict us. We need the spirit of God to say, that is wrong. And then you've got the staff. The staff is the longer stick with the, the crooked head that, that is going to grab back the wandering sheep. Because prone to wander... Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Let me ask you, if someone said to you, what kind of animal do you want to be? What would you say? You might say, oh, I'd love to be a lion because they're brave, or I'd love to be a leopard because they're fast, or a giraffe because they're elegant. But how about I'd like to be a sheep? Because by being a sheep, you're saying, I make mistakes, I'm not fast enough, I'm not brave enough, I'm not good enough, but I've got an amazing shepherd who will hold on to me, and he will protect me. You've got to know this. You know, these valleys, these dark days, they always bring you closer to the Lord. We never choose to walk through the dark valleys of life. But as we do walk through them with Jesus by our side, we experience this intimacy and this comfort like never before. You ever met those Christians who seem to ooze joy and ooze contentment? And then you hear about their life stories. It was the, the death of their spouse or the, the divorce or the depression or the tragic accident that brought them closer to the Lord. We've heard that this morning from Kirsten, her story. That's my family story. Cancer, abuse, betrayal, death, disease. I would never choose that. But all those things have brought me this intimacy with my shepherd. And I don't know what next dark valleys will be for me or for you, but I do know if I walk them with Jesus, he will hold on to me and never let me go. So the comfort of God's provision, his protection, and lastly, the comfort of his presence. You are not alone. You're never alone. Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Listen to this quote. It's not that Christ is closer in the valleys, but in the valleys we realise how close Christ has always been. You're not alone. Whatever you're facing, you're not alone. The great missionary David Livingstone was once asked, how he coped with all the hardships and trials he'd gone through. You know, he was mauled by a lion, he was shot at, he was beaten, he was flogged. He said this. It was this verse. 
I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And on those words, I staked everything and they never failed me. That is the psalm. The shepherd is always there with you. He invites you, verse 5, to feast at his table. He he offers blessings that are overflowing, verse 5. And then verse 6, goodness and love will pursue you, will run after you, will follow you all the days of your life. In this life, you are never alone. Your friends might fail you, but God never does. And your family might leave you, but God never leaves you. I love the story of the Indian boy and part of the transition to man who was, he had to sleep outside, outdoors, all alone by himself. And this boy was terrified of the dark. And so he lay in his tent all night. And he heard every animal and every noise. He lay awake all night. And as the sun rose, this, this shadow came over his tent and he screamed because he thought an animal come to attack him. As he popped his head out of the tent, what did he see? He saw his father, who'd been standing by his tent all night, watching over him and protecting him. Whatever you're going through right now, you're not doing this alone. Because the Lord Jesus, your shepherd, will not leave you and he will not forsake you. So memorise verses like Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, I am always with you, says the Lord. Or Psalm 73, you are always with me. You guide me by your right hand. You hold on to me. Or the words of Jesus Christ. Surely I'll be with you to the very ends of the age. I go before you. I'm not against you, I'm for you. So in this life, you're never alone. And in death, you're never alone either. That's how the psalm ends. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When Jesus is your shepherd, death is not the end. Because one day you'll feast with him in all his glory. And one day you'll see him face to face. Revelation 7. The lamb at the centre of the throne will be your shepherd. And God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Now that is the promise, that is the comfort, you're never alone. So church, do you believe this? The Lord Jesus is always with you, always holding on to you. He goes before you. He stands beside you. He walks behind you. His arms are over you, his arms are under you, his arms are around you. He heals, he helps, he comforts, he cares, he calms your lurking fears. Please don't try and do life without the comfort of your good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need to know. Remember, comfort is nestling with God, not wrestling with him. So nestle with your God, sit in his loving arms and let his goodness and his love pursue you all the days of your life. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this comfort of knowing that you provide and protect and that you are present with us. Lord Jesus, we invite you now to be our shepherd who brings that profound comfort to all in our church who are suffering, sad, in sorrow or grieving at this moment. And Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you that we're never alone.
Amen.